Welcome to The Debate Project. I'm James Sims, a PE teacher, and I will be your host as well as the moderator for the discussion. The Debate Project aims to bring colleagues together to discuss and debate important questions relating to education for the good of learners, teachers, schools and colleges. Before I introduce today's participants, I want to take a moment to explain how we got here. The idea of physical education remains one in ongoing flux. The domain is seen as a varying concept by various people. PE's traditional motif of simply being a performance of sesquil acquisition experience is maturing and developing into a highly relevant 21st century domain of study. Furthermore, the House of Lords National Plan on Sport, Health and Wellbeing, amongst other things, advocates for physical education becoming a core subject in England, sitting alongside subjects like maths and English as a central and ongoing theme within a child's schooling. The report also identified the importance of physical literacy as the central principle that runs through PE provision moving forward, and we thank Dr Liz Durden-Myers for her contributions to this report. With all this in mind, it is no wonder that online debate roars around the, these topics. One of those topics in recent months has been the role of conceptual learning in PE. Lee Sullivan, a participant this evening and the head of PE at Upton Court Grammar School, released his book via scholarly titled Is PE in Crisis? Leading a much needed change in physical education. Within Lee's book, he references numerous fascinating potential shifts in an approach to PE, but central to them was the concept curriculum and specifically the potential for physical education to be a vehicle for the teaching of crucial life skills such as responsibility, resilience and teamwork. Lee argued passionately that whilst never undermining the core physical experience of PE, concepts such as these could be explicit intentions of PE curricula, PE teachers and PE lessons. Others see things slightly differently. For example, Greg Dreyer, PE lecturer and, P lecturer and founder of the My Move app, believes that movement and the intrinsic value of movement must remain as the central, sorry, as the most central and the tallest pillar of physical education experiences. Greg published a timely blog post titled The Questionable Rise of PE is Life Coaching. The post, whilst not a specific response to his PE in crisis, presented a different relationship between PE and conceptual learning. And it is this conversation between Lee and Greg that we'll develop here today. I'd also like to introduce our panelists. panelists sorry. Firstly, Laura Davies. Laura is athletics director and PE teacher based in Thailand and is currently reflecting on the concept curriculum, assessing her department's options and is in many ways who this broadcast is aimed at as Laura is right now forming her own answer to this question. Laura is with us asynchronously today as it is in the middle of the night in Thailand and Laura's contribution will be made via a short video. Um, Meet Vic Merrick. Vic is a PE teacher in a through school in Rome, Italy, and has been working closely with Phil Maid, another of today's panellists, and has been focusing on developing the right curriculum for her school's specific context. Meet the aforementioned Phil Maid. Phil is Director of Co-Curricular Learning at Brighton College Alain, and is shortly going to be publishing his book, Happiness Factories. Phil has extensive experience in the teaching of concepts through PE that are specifically relevant in his teaching context. Meet Will Swades, former head of PE at U-Sport uh, Trust, partner at PE Scholar and PE Lecturer. P Will has extensive experience of teaching, writing and presenting on the role of PE in schools. And finally, meet Ronnie Heath, founder of Create Development, an organisation serving hundreds of thousands of learners and one that aims to transform primary PE and sport experiences through a positive and inclusive culture for all. We also have Marta Teras Mun with us. Marta is my co-owner at the Everland Limited, a professional translator and conference interpreter and an experienced teacher of Spanish and French. 
Marta's role today is to manage the written chat amongst the panelists and to bring important points to our attention. Finally, before we get the conversation started, I want to address the question of why this panel, why select these individuals? The answer to that is very simple. Lee, Greg, Laura, Vic, Will, and Ronnie, and, and Phil, I think I might have mentioned you twice, were the seven people who put themselves forward to be part of this conversation upon my invitation to the entire P sector. With this in mind, I want to reinforce that the debate project is for all. It is your project, regardless of gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or any other characteristic. I would be proud to work with you moving forward, and I encourage all of you watching and listening to consider taking part in future iterations of the project. I'd also like to thank Dr. Shrihen Lynch at Phys Equity for advising me on representation and fairness through the project. Now, it's time to discuss, to debate, to converse, and simply to chat. Remember, there are no winners or losers in this conversation. There is simply the quality of the information and the colleagueship between us. Part one of the discussion involves Lee and subsequently Greg making a short presentation about their perspective on the role of conceptual learning in PE. We are gonna start with Lee and I'd like to welcome Lee to uh, the recording, to the conversation and Lee, it's over to you, sir. Yeah, good evening. Good evening, uh, everybody. I uh, appreciate this opportunity to contribute towards this important discussion topic. Uh, I will speak to you about an approach I have taken based on my own research and experiences as a current head of PE to better nurture physical literacy and lifelong engagement in physical activity for every student. One key aim for PE teachers must be to prepare all students for an active life through physical education. The current and most dominant traditional form of PE delivery is failing to meet this aim and is not an appropriate model to be meaningful for all learners. In fact, it is often creating a negative self-identity towards physical activity. Now, I, I know that this is not unique to my context or a new problem. David Kirk has been campaigning against skill drill and sport technique focused teaching for decades. Uh, therefore, I am proposing that we consider a shift in practice, a shift that puts the pupils at the centre of the learning experience and not the sport by promoting a concept paired carefully with the needs of your pupils to be explored in and through sport and physical activity. So how did I come to this suggestion? Well, with over 10 years of teaching PE, I grew frustrated at just how little impact our PE curriculum was having on a large proportion of students. Delivering a sport-driven curriculum, I was left asking myself, why does PE exist, exist in my school? Is this learning relevant and meaningful to the lives of every child? And wondering, could there be a better way? This was also echoed uh, in our student voice with only 51% uh, enjoying PE and only 40% of those students uh, valued the sport-specific skills taught. 78%, however, said, uh, that they indicated that they wanted to learn the skills and knowledge that would help them later in life. Students were struggling to connect with our curriculum and the learning had little value to their lives. Ash Casey supported the work of Stephanie Belly and Tim Fletcher in his blog from 2018 on meaningful experiences in PE by saying, when young people could recognize the importance of what they were learning and make connections to life outside of the situation, either present or future, they came to see their experiences as meaningful. And this is what a concept curriculum is aiming to do. Shift the learning of the lesson from one that is skill specific 
that for most are irrelevant and unachievable to one which is inclusive, relevant and meaningful for every learner. I do not claim, nor do I have the evidence to suggest that a concept curriculum changes long-term habits. I do not claim that by teaching resilience that a child is therefore resilient. I do, however, claim to build schema that can organize knowledge and inform future behavior. More importantly, it will provide learning experiences that will nurture a positive self-identity with physical activity, which could in turn support future habits in relation to long-term engagement. One habit that is well evidenced is the fact that negative experiences in PE will more likely lead to a lower chance of engagement later in life. The messages we have been inadvertently sending to our students about their ability or competence have left many believing that they are not sporty or they are no good at PE. James Clear states in his book Atomic Habits, to change your behaviour for good, you need to start believing new things about yourself. I have seen a change in students' relationships with physical activity because of conceptual learning. A common purpose of PE, as suggested in Greg's recent blog, is to equip young people with the tools they need to be active and remain active. Upon reflection, I can understand the misconception that physical activity is lost in the concept curriculum, but that was never the intention. Physical activity is central. In my experience, a concept curriculum does not remove the physical activity, nor does it shy away from competition, developing competence or challenging the most able. Consider the conceptual objective to be the tip of the iceberg that the student sees when engaging in a PE lesson, when in truth there is so much more happening under the surface. The student sees a meaningful and inclusive lesson based around a concept, when in fact a teacher sees sport-specific learning, differentiation, coaching opportunities, support, challenge, developing competence, confidence, assessment opportunities, etc. Um, it, it is said that physical activity should be an end in itself, and that is absolutely true. But what if one is not motivated to engage in physical activity in the first place? The, the approach of adopting and delivering a concept curriculum can indeed bring those less engaged into physical activity and genuinely begin to nurture physical literacy. By communicating more clearly and the meaningful learning taking place within and through the physical education, we can nurture that physical literacy. So since the impl implementation of a concept curriculum in my school, our student voices indicated that 89% now value the learning that they get from their concept curriculum. 90% agree that the learning from the concept curriculum is relevant and meaningful. And 80% now uh, believe that the concept curriculum has improved their experiences within PE. So to conclude, I am proposing a solution that worked for me in my context and one that many other schools around the world have adopted with great success too. Therefore, I, I wanted to say my, my final point is one of optimism. I am first and foremost an advocate of positive experiences for all in PE. So whether we agree or disagree on, on how to best deliver these positive and meaningful experiences, I am delighted that we are talking about delivering more positive and meaningful experiences in PE. We recognise the power our subject has and the very real impact we can make on the lives of the young people in our care. PE has a potential to be so much more to so many more. And I hope this discussion challenges and supports physical educators to consider their PE legacy. Thank you very much. Very well presented.
Natalie. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll hand straight over to uh, Greg Dreyer, who's going to uh, present uh, himself for a, a short presentation, uh, his perspective on the role of conceptual learning at PE. Okay, can you hear me okay, James? Yep. Loud. Okay. Thanks very much for convening and huge respect to Lee for, for getting this book written. A immense achievement, well done. Um, okay. Um, I can only make sense of the role of concepts in PE if we are clear on the role of PE. And I feel most connected to this statement by McAllister. Physically educated persons should be defined as those who have learned to arrange their lives in such a way that the physical activities they freely engage in make a distinctive contribution to their long-term flourishing. And I would attach this statement by Mikhail Krinistad, although I would humbly edit the second PE to physical activity. So the goal is for your students to be motivated to and do more physical activity. We are the only subject area that is primarily concerned with students developing and sustaining certain behaviours. What do young people need to, to, um, so that physical activity makes that distinctive contribution to their life flourishing? They need to make progress in three domains, in my opinion. Movement domain, the attitude domain, and the thinking or cognitive domain. The primary driver for behaviour is the emotional domain. Lee refers in his book to a concept-driven curriculum in which concepts are the driver. I would advocate for an emotion-driven uh, curriculum. Feelings trump knowledge. What a young person feels determines if they wish to come back for more. That's not to say that the cognitive domain is not important. PE has acknowledged this for many decades. So let's explore the role of concepts. For me, the, mo the most important concepts are to do with relationships and connectedness each young person has with him, themselves, with others, and with a range of activities. Our subject is rich with concepts, but my go-tos are different to Lee. Thought comes before every single movement. For young people to connect to the wonderful activities that we can draw upon, we need to start with the concept, not the skill, in that I agree with Lee. How do we generate power through water or when throwing an implement, for example? Deciding on power angles and trajectory when sending over a net, or understanding the many choreographic devices, et cetera, et cetera. Our subject is essentially movement problem solving. Conceptual understanding underpins everything. However, and here's the difference, I love exploring these concepts because they support learning in the subject. This thinking is what I call in our lane and it supports our purpose. Things become overly confusing, and we do ourselves and the, and the subject a disservice when we concede our lane to other people or we move out of it. When we adopt a medicinal approach, the healthification of PE, when we become pseudo-nutritionists or fitness professionals, or even psychotherapists and life coaches. The concepts that these fields draw upon are not the concepts that should drive our curriculum. By moving out of our, our lane, we've lost our soul, becoming a confused chameleon subject that stands for everything and nothing. Lee justifies his concept curriculum in this section from his book. I find it highly problematic. 
It comes from a starting point in which the perceived deficits of young people are unquestionably accepted and positions teachers as fixers. These are sensitive, complex issues. And I would argue that there is significant potential to do more harm than good. For example, let's take obesity. This is mentioned 18 times in the book, usually with the verb tackle or fight attached to it. Paul Gately, professor of child obesity is clear that the single most important thing schools can do to support obese children is not to tackle fatness, but tackle the bullying that overweight children are incessantly subjected to. Also, these so-called crises listed here are filtered, selective and time sensitive. For example, competition for jobs is actually not very tough post-Brexit. There are lots of sectors that simply cannot recruit. And what happens too if it comes to light that other subjects are teaching this content more effectively? Where does that leave us once we've changed the PE curriculum? Not that I'm advocating for the PE curriculum to remain unchanged, I'm just advocating that this is not the change. Lee mentions transferability over 80 times in the book. The message is clear that the big ideas discuss, quote, prepare young people for life. I think we should prepare young people for an active life, but not make claims that what we teach in PE transfers into other areas of life. Some very well-established programs have made these claims like TSPR, and they've been around long enough for the research to be clear that transferability is at worst a myth or at best extremely difficult and requires at least a coordinated effort across all stakeholders, all of whom need to be very well-trained. See Camiro, Ronkinen and Peel, for example. Finally, it seems impossible to claim these outcomes. For example, if a young person displays resilience, how on earth do we know that it's because of the resilience unit in PE? And I have big questions as to whether these concepts can be taught via the acquire connect transfer pedagogical model that's described. You claim that they can, and that learning is irreversible. Quote, it is not possible to reverse them, you say. So I'm really curious to know more about how you assess them and how you evidence impact, transferability, and irreversibility in particular. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Greg, really well, really well presented. And this part of the discussion um, now takes the form of, of Greg and Lee opening their mics, and we really just wanna open the floor uh, to you two to, to ask questions, to clarify based on what one another have said. We've, we've got a loose time of, 10 minutes to do so. Um, um, obviously, I'll chip in and ask questions and make suggestions as we go. But I really would like to open the floor to, uh, to the both of you now to, to address the points one another have raised and to, to seek clarification, to find shared ground and to, and to seek the, uh, the solutions to the difference, the small differences there might be. Please, please go ahead. Evening, Greg. Not a fan of the book then. <laughs> Well, I'm a fan of the fact that you've got it out there. I, th I think that is really commendable. And of course, by so doing, you, you put your thoughts out there, which means that you know, they can be critiqued and they can trigger conversations. And I absolutely respect that. But yeah. I do have serious concerns that people will read the book and pick it up lock, stock and barrel 
And, you know, you, you, on the one hand, kindly share your curriculum materials. Um, and, you know, you, I, I just think the concepts that you flag up, I, I really worry about them. Um, I, I don't think that, I, I think they reflect a very specific view of the world. They prepare young people for what you call life, but it's, it's a version of a good life that I'm not sure we as teachers have got the authority, the philosophical authority to dis decide what constitutes a good life when you're talking about employability and you're talking about, you know, I, I also really worry, and I'd, I'd, I'll shut up in a second and bump it back over to you, but I really worry about some of the contradictions that jump out at me. And I don't know if other panelists and other people listening to this pick up on them, but you know, you talk about a lot about resilience, a lot about, um, uh, uh, employability, going after scarce jobs. Um, uh, and then on the other hand, you talk about managing stress. Well, the as I said in my presentation, that's really complex. The root of the stress is probably quite a lot to do with the education system and from teachers telling kids they've got to work so hard to get the best jobs and go to the best universities and all the rest of it. So I know I just, I, I, I advocate for a model of PE where we don't attach a what. You know, I'm really curious as well about this, this phrase you use about seeing the value of physical activity. You know, I think the whole work of Tim Fletcher and Deirdre Nee Cronin, the brilliant work that they're doing in Meaningful PE, um, is very much about the young person finding their what. And, you know, when we tell them, oh, you know, physical activity is highly valued because it keeps you healthy. One, I don't think that's motivating. Two, I don't actually think it's very true. There's lots of physically active people who are not particularly healthy because of the activity that they do. So, you know, but that doesn't mean it doesn't bring something brilliant to their lives. So I, I'll probably talk it for far too long. I do apologise. Over to you. And feel uh, free, look, you know. Greg, I really, really value your opinion. We, we've spoken now. This is the second time I've spoken. I really value your opinion. I do disagree with, with some of it of course so I can talk about my personal experiences and I and I think it's important to understand straight away I, I've seen the impact of conceptual learning firsthand and I've seen not only through uh, my observations of lessons but our, our extracurricular program now is bursting with students and, and I think to say that you know in terms of the, the, the concepts I have chosen I've been really really clear that context is always king so if the, the concepts that work in my school, we, we in the concept curriculum give templates and training on, on what you should do with regards to, to what concepts might work in your school. We did lots of student voice as to what is it that you think is going to prepare you for life and how can we help that? There were certain concepts that we didn't use. There were some that we felt could be used in, in PE. I, I think PE is one of the best places to use I think we're best placed to deliver concepts curriculum because we, we can provide something that no other subject can. So it's something called heat experiences. Now, th this heat experience, whereas other subjects might be able to, um, I mean, th they might be able to deliver the theory, et cetera, we can give them opportunities to, to experience it firsthand. We, if we talk about embracing failure, we, we can set up a lesson where they fail and where they can put those concepts really into practice and, and we can see that the, the progress is made. So by introducing this concept and then allowing them to practice and, and to wrestle with it and to change their thinking it is, is really, really powerful. 
You mentioned there about um, how do we know the impact, um, or, you know, how do we evidence that impact? And there is, I mean, Ofsted, for example, the, the inspecting body in England, when they come into a school and looking at personal development, they, they just look at intent and implementation. They won't give you any, they won't look at any measurement with regards to, to impact. That's not to say that there isn't one. So we, we have, so for example, you just mentioned um, exam stress there. I had a student come up to me. So we, we brought that unit forward because they were doing their, their mock exams and we didn't know whether they were gonna get more exams in the summer. So we thought, let's bring that, that unit forward. And I have a student that came to me and, and talked about, that they, they walked past me in the corridor after one of my lessons and said, sir, I went to bed at nine o'clock last night following our lesson, are you proud? And, that, and I know it's a small little thing, but it was just an impact of something we learned in PE that then changed that practice. One other student, um, I got this, this, I'm gonna read it out if that's okay, but this is something that another teacher sent to me, not attached to PE, but this is from a year 10 girl. She said that PE has never been one of my really looking forward to subjects. However, this year I want to have PE every day um, it, because it's so much fun. It isn't based on a sport or in, it's not sport orientated any longer. It's now based on lifelong skills and concepts, which is really cool. Recently, we learned about the impacts of a sedentary lifestyle. And so I decided to join the badminton club after school and I love it. That is that is huge impact to me. That That's what gives me the goosebumps. That's seeing somebody in our PE lesson and then try and change something of their life and and this idea of self-identity you know i talk about transfer and i said in my 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 uh, opening statement i don't have the evidence long-term evidence offset will tell you that you can't gather evidence while they're still in school of anything long-term of course but i do have that evidence of, of the behavior whilst in school i do have the student voice telling me that they find it now far more valuable to them and you, you mentioned Stephanie Benny and Tim Fletcher and their, their personal relevance is a large part of their meaningful PE. And I think it's up to a PE teacher to one, understand their purpose, why PE exists in their school, uh, to talk about the who, who are the students, what is it that's going to make this personally relevant to them. And in my school, it was delivering meaningful lessons that the students could see the value of long term. They could see that by learning this skill, I can apply that later in life. And the transfer element, the, the acquired connecting transfer, which is Julie Stern's work, um, learning the transfers, the transfer element is so important to the lesson to get them to consider the learning that's happened, but where else immediately and long-term might it be applied? And, and some of the answers I've had, both present and long-term have been really, really powerful. No, I respect where, where you're coming from there. And it, what's very clear is, you know, you, you go in to um, your, your processes to do best by your students uh, are absolutely commendable. I, I do have issues with the fallback position of it's dependent on context. Um, as I said, you know, if I was flicking through your book, the curriculum map, those headings, those year, year priorities and year aims are, are very bold. Um, and I, I, as I said, I think it's very easy for, for someone to pick that up. However, the point specifically on context is what we're talking about here is, for me, what's at the very heart of, a, of the subject, a subject that I and 
you know, everyone on this panel and probably everyone who listens to it feels uh, a huge amount of affinity to, has, you know, dedicated huge amounts of our professional lives to. And I, I feel we're talking about the very soul of the subject. What is it? What's the absolute driver? You, you use that language, a concept-driven curriculum. The concept is the driver. That's fine. I think emotions should be much the much stronger driver. I think that's the connectivity. But with the, exem the exemplar material, then if I'm thinking, oh, what is a concept? And people have been grappling with this for years. You know, what is a concept? What does it look like? And there I pick up a book that's about concept-driven curriculum, and there are the concepts that are presented very uncritically. And I do, as I've said, worry about that. I'm, I'm you know, in, with all due respect, I'm not sure, even though I've got the utmost respect for the anecdotes that you've given and the testimonies that you've given, I'm not sure it's enough. I'm not sure it's robust. I'm not sure that if in any other sector, um, outside of education. You know, I regularly say, imagine if Starbucks don't know how many coffees they've sold. That is their single priority. Imagine if Ronnie had no idea how many schools were using create development. You know, imagine if your maths colleagues didn't know the progress that the young people were making towards their maths GCSE grades. But I know that stuff, Greg. So uh, can I just jump in? So I, firstly, I have that same affinity. I absolutely have that same affinity to PE. I'm passionate about PE and the future of PE. And, you know, I want to go back into my opening statement, just to correct that misconception that the physical activity is still... I'm not making that misconception, Lee. I've never bought okay. into that misconception and I've never said it is what we're talking about is the, the, the reason why they're doing the physical activity and how we're layering. You know, Dave uh, Worcester said on Twitter the other day, you know, um, baking, not bolt on. And I'm like, no, it doesn't need to be baked in. What needs to be baked in is the now casting. We need to know now whether our young people are engaging in physical activity and whether what we do encourages them to do more. Now, anecdotally, you said that your extracurricular provision is going through the roof. Brilliant. And you know what? If you've got robust evidence that your physical activity levels, for me, Quinnestead, the only sustainable goal is to get them to want to do more. Full stop. You know, if they're not doing it, you could talk to your blue in the face about resilience. They're not developing resilience. If on a Saturday or a Sunday or during their six week school holiday, they don't do any physical activity. And if they do physical activity in the absence of resilience or any of these other concepts, just because they love it, let's take the win. And that's why we've invested the last three years of our lives and a huge amount of funding to give you the tools to know, are they doing more? because we've never had that before. And that's that's absolutely driven by people like Quinnister, people like um, Tim Fletcher and the work that they're doing to say, that's all fine, but we need to anchor it in knowing whether we we're heading in the right direction and then get that robust evidence. And you know what, Lee, if you come back to me uh, with that robust evidence, you know, I'll absolutely eat my hat that they're more active and over a long-term long -term period. But I, I, I'm not sure that you, me, or any other teacher around the world should be devoting a huge amount of time and effort and reworking curricula based on developing a concept that we've got no way of knowing whether that's having any impact on their young people's life apart from, and I do get qualitative research and I do get you know uh, capturing those testimonies, 
But, you know, I don't know how many kids are in your year groups, 180. You know, let's, let's really go to town. Does this stand up and does it do what it says on the tin? Yes. I, 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 with all due respect, Greg, I, 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 I completely get where you're coming from, from an academic point of view. I can, as a, as a current head of PE, only talk about my experiences and only talk about the conversations. That are, and that's not to say that this isn't evidence-backed or research-informed. I've done huge amounts of research. I've done as much evidence as a, as a, a, a gathered as much evidence as a head of, you know, a full-time working PE teacher can do. Um, and I do think there is a huge disconnect between the, the research and practice, which the, I've tried, but the main purpose of this peeing crisis was to, to bridge that gap. Um, and, you know, I, I genuinely believe, and with everybody that I've spoken to, the impact, we are seeing it on the ground. We are genuinely seeing it and feeling it and hearing it on the ground yeah. by the uptake. By, and, and, and I, I think that's greatly. I think that's greatly. And just to clarify, I talked for 16 years before I spent 14 years in academia. So I do think you know i really do understand the pressure of your job and that's why i started off by commending you for writing a book because i could not comprehend I, I get it lockdown i think that was probably in your favor but you know you this, this obviously started before lockdown the research stuff yeah i accept that there is a disconnect and that was something we tried with my colleagues very hard to see how we bridge that and we're always doing that um in pe scholar etc um but let's not boot into touch what I referred to in my presentation, that these ideas, especially around transferability, have been um, researched, pulled apart, explored by distinguished academics. Now, one of them, Martin Kamira in Canada, was a really strong advocate for positive youth development through sport. And in the last six months, I don't know if you've caught his work on podcast, He's absolutely pedaled back and said, whoa, whoa, you know, we mustn't be these evangelists who think we are, you know, saviours and, 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 and fixing all of these issues, whether it be obesity or, you know, a horrible phrase, the snowflake generation. There's such deficits inherent in there. I see young people every day doing amazing things. I don't want to fix them. I want to just put a turbo boost behind them and just let them fly because they're doing fantastic things and this idea of we have to embed or as Dave said bake in resilience and other deficits or understanding health I, I really don't think despite what the testimony you refer to I really remain unconvinced having asked you know thousands of my trainees are you active because when you were 12 someone told you it was good for you and no one ever says that that health message is what captures them into an active, healthy lifestyle or active lifestyle. One thing that we are missing here. So the transferability, the evidence is weak. And I've given you my own testimony and I, I've told you that I can't evidence 20 years down the line because we've only implemented it this year. Um, but what what I, I just want to talk about the students' experiences for a second, because if through looking at relevancy of learning, if delivering a life lesson as a focus and and also you know let, let's not pedagogy uh, is massive here so if we're going with we, we need to understand the, the the you know we are changing our pedagogy we're changing this idea of performance for life versus performance for fitness um we 
we are um, sorry, fitness for performance, and uh, as Harris and Kale talk about, but we are talking essentially about changing the experiences of people within PE. Um, Dr. Ekikakis talked about if improvements in PE experiences could inspire even small increases in physical activity, millions could derive additional benefits. I'm telling you that through this concept curriculum, we have seen it. We've got the student voice and not just mine. This is around the world. Every, a lot of people that have bought into this approach. This is one approach that the main aim is to meet that purpose of PE is to get people involved in, in physical education and by making it meaningful and relevant to them that is how they are buying in i've yeah. seen yeah. that, that in, in my school they are buying into pe far more than they've ever done because they yeah. now believe that it holds some relevance a connection sure. builds that connection sure i i get that lee and i really welcome your enthusiasm so two things one to make pe better is that the route we need to go down it's two, worked for me Okay, and I'll come back to that point right now. Two, it's worked for me. Now, I'm not going to challenge your lived experience, but I will challenge the line of argument, the correlation. I did this, and this is what happened. So let's look at what else happens. You've got teachers who you've led, who have gone through a brilliant process that people like Will, people like myself, absolutely advocate for. Start with your rationale take it through so you've got teachers feeling really secure and if anyone knows how this works i'd be really interested to, for ronnie to come in here because he spent years developing a secure easy to understand curriculum so when teachers are equipped with that security that roadmap they feel supported they feel that they've got their colleagues colleagues back great that they come to life they're energized, they're infused in a way that they weren't before. And that was your journey. I was burnt out, I was fed up, I get that. All of a sudden, you're coming into school, you're coming into each and every lesson as if, right, we've got these kids and we're all on a journey. I love the part on your podcast when you said I over-communicate. So of course they're gonna give you, if I'm being cynical, of course the kid's gonna give you back what you over-communicate to them. And all of that feel good around your department, being visited, great traction. Of course, it makes people feel good. Now, you could do that. You could take, and I'm not saying yours is, but you could take the world's worst curriculum, deliver that with enthusiasm, charisma, togetherness. We're a team effort. Bring the kids with us. And they're going to say it's much better than it was before. What we can't do is isolate for certainty that it's the curriculum. However, we can take a principled philosophical position because principles are the foundation. They do not budge. That is this what we want to do with the subject that we hold very dear? And I would argue, no, it's not. Yeah, well, Greg, as I say, I respect your opinion. And we actually agree on so much, especially around emotions and understanding the feelings that people have towards physical activity. I think that the disagreement is the ways in which we are trying to ignite those positive connections and relationships with physical activity. And I, and I certainly take on board your, your argument. I, I'm going to stand fast with, with because I, I see it every day and, and because I understand the physical literacy to really nurture it. We've got to get, we, we've got to develop this idea of motivation We've got a focus around motivation and yeah, pedagogy, you know, I, I want 
I want to just, I had the same department before concept curriculum and now, and they're really enthusiastic teachers I work with that are, are, are brilliant at getting people on board and getting people there, but just a slight shift and just talking to those students that might not have been seen before and, and changing those slight uh, uh, focus within lessons. We're still focusing on the competence. We're still developing the, the skill. I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is in a subject that is doing more harm than good in a sport driven, uh, a sport driven delivery is changing for the relevancy and, the, and for a better connection and a better experience with PE is moving to a concept curriculum uh, such a bad thing I mean so if, if in 20 years they can't say actually because of that PE lesson I, I can't equate it to that PE lesson that I was being re resilient or you know they still when they're 18 have that glass of wine despite the fact that we told them that alcohol isn't, isn't great for them but they are they now have such a more positive self-identity with with PE is that not a brilliant outcome of a concept-driven curriculum well, first of all, I, I could wheel in plenty of teachers, and I'm not advocating for this at all. I could wheel in plenty of teachers who work in very specific schools, for example, independent boys' schools, who could come in here and tell you exactly the same thing about their sports-driven, performance-driven, competitive sport-driven curriculum, because they get out seven teams on a Saturday, and all the kids are really into it. Now, we know the research tells us, in the same way the research gives a window into some of the things you're talking about, the research tells us that most of those kids won't be fully engaged in physical activity after the age of about 15 when the dropout is huge. So, you know, it's, is it a bad thing? Well, you know, let, let's be really blunt here. If you're talking about tackling obesity, and I, I, I don't want to do you a disservice, but you talk about that a lot in the book. But we would do though, right? Well, maybe not tackle, but we would certainly play our part. If more people are now active because of how they identify with physical activity, then that is surely going to have, if, if every school had, whether it's concept curriculum or not, if every school knew their students, the who, Will Swaves talks about the who, starting with the who a lot. If we knew that and then we understood our purpose of PE around the who, whether it's a concept curriculum or not, then that, we are you're, you're to, asking, to those things. Sure, but you're asking PE teachers to go there and talk about stress management, to talk about nutrition, to talk about life coaching and employability. But why can't we? Why because, is that? Because that's, that's really high risk. Out. It's really high risk. Well, our job is not to quote unquote fix those things. We are Absolutely blatantly, not, of course. We no, are blatantly not qualified to go there. Now, if we mess up on I that conversation- I think we're in a great position to do that. I think we're in a fantastic position I, through, I through really, experiences. We can, we can get them to embrace failure. We can show them, we can give them the, the understanding, at the very least, the understanding of ways in which they might uh, manage their stress or-, or uh, you oh. know, so how, how do you know how to manage stress or to teach young people how to manage stress? Because that's the therapy, that's counselling. Yeah, but we understand the basics of it. The, 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 the whole there, point about complex issues, well, okay, I don't know, and I'll take my hat off to you, if all your team are, are, are qualified counsellors and therapists, then, but, but you know, we're, we're absolutely not looking brilliant. At, we're not looking at tackling you know, a real, uh, what we're looking at is we're giving them a broad understanding 
of an area. We're giving them but, some knowledge but, for which know, they, they can then, but uh, the tools, if you like, to, to, to the scheme that, that they can then uh, connect to other situations. And that's but it's, really but that's filtered, though. But that's, that's super filtered. But that's super filtered. But, you know, the concepts that the following concepts, which you know, I would argue are, are more important, are not mentioned at all in the no, and, and that's and that's where context you might have different um, it, you might have different focus. But I know for my kids, I absolutely want my kids to know everything that is in my concept curriculum. And and when I of course as, as a PE teacher, as a PE teacher. My main driver for the concept curriculum was what experience, what learning, what what uh, what do I want my kids to come away with? And if they Ooh, get the opportunity okay. to experience what embracing failure Lee, is. I, I'm sorry, I, I'm, this is not way beyond embracing failure. If they're going to be involved in physical activity, let's look at what you refer to as the basics. The basics are that every single individual feel safe and secure, valued, and, and has their dignity, and that the curriculum supports that. Mm -hmm. Social justice is probably the underpinning concept that we need to work through. What constitutes good? How do we relate to each other? How do we congratulate each other? How do we feel empathy? How do we feel kindness? So we can now, deliver that. We, we can absolutely but, write a, write That's a, absolutely fine, that. but that's absolutely fine, but you've gone to extraordinary lengths to present that. Uh, racism. Race is me mentioned zero times in your book. Right, social equity and is mentioned zero. Sexism is mentioned zero. Autism, yeah, yeah. autistic Great. disability is not mentioned. I, I, at I all. agree with you. Those things can absolutely be a part. I, I haven't included them, but that's not to say they can't be included. I can. But agree so with you. we're in a super contested space about no. what concepts really drive physical activity. If I'm a 14-year-old young woman. And I really need to know, if, if, to prepare me for physical activity in the big world world, I need to know what sort of, what sort of uh, misogyny might I experience? How do I deal with that? And, I, and more importantly, the 14 year old boys need to know, how do we make safe spaces for, for girls? They're key concepts. And I said in my presentation, the key concept is how we relate and connect to ourselves, and to our other and those people around us because so they promote physical activity they allow physical I, activity to happen i would love i would genuinely love to to meet with you and other people that that from various backgrounds to write that scheme of work can i jump in here that's I, what you feel is needed i think this is a great moment if i can bring laura davies's point in i think it's highly relevant at this point now this is the bit where I probably mess up the the uh, the IT of this, but I'm going to try if I can to bring Laura's question to you both because I think it's really relevant. I would just like if you could just confirm a thumbs up for me once I play Laura that you can definitely hear her. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Laura Davies. I'm the head of PE at an international school in Thailand. Um, and just before we start, I want to say a huge thank you to James and to all the panelists for putting this event together um, and for what I think is going to be a, a really exciting conversation. Um, to give you a little bit of background on my position, um, my school does not currently um, have a concept-based curriculum. Um, it's something that we're actively exploring. We've engaged in the PE Scholar course reading Lee's book um, and having discussions in our department. Um, and it's something that we are you know, really interested to, to kind of explore further. 
so I was really interested to be a part of this debate because recently I listened to the podcast um, that James did with Dr. Trehan Lynch and she talked about this idea that often our practice and our philosophy doesn't quite align and I think that's really true and it's certainly been true for me um, and when I've thought and reflected on what my philosophy is and what I want it to be it's to make PE as inclusive as possible and I'm not sure that I've always done that as effectively as I could. So one of the things I want to explore is whether a concept curriculum um, potentially would be more effective um, in, in doing that. When I've been listening to the debates so far and engaging with people on Twitter and reading all the comments, um, I think what struck me is that actually at the heart of it, you know, we for the most part want the same thing for our students. Um, we're all passionate about making sure that they are lifelong movers, um, or as Greg put it in his article, that movement remains a focus of our subject. Um, and I don't think that what's being proposed in terms of the concept curriculum is necessarily, you know, distracting from or replacing that. And perhaps a disagreement, you know, about how we get there um, is, you know, a good thing um, and something that can can help move us all forward. So I read Greg's article um, with a lot of interest and I did particularly understand his concerns about how these life skills um, are taught and who decides, you know, what they should be, who selects them. Um, you know, it's not, you know, if we talk about resilience, for example, it's not something we've been trained to teach necessarily. Um, and so I do understand the concerns around that and I wonder if Lee might be able to, to speak to that um, a little bit later on this evening. Um, but the article also states that, you know, with having, you know, your why, your core aims of PE, um, that why we move and what we learn through moving shouldn't necessarily be a driver. Um, and again, I suppose my question then for Greg would be, you know, could exploring this with students, um, you know, actually help them to want to be you know motivated to move and want it you know motivated to continue to move throughout their lives um something i've been very interested in over the last um you know few years is developing my understanding of identity-centered learning and i and social justice issues in pe um and again i've been reading dr Sriham lynch's work on pedagogies of social justice. Um, and in that book, she talks about, you know, the ideas of democratic pedagogies. Um, and I know, Lee, you touched on this in your in your podcast conversation with James, where you talked about, you know, student voice and how important it is in gathering that before you kind of construct your curriculum. Um, and I know, Greg, you on Twitter have been very vocal about, um, you know, the need for greater understanding and knowledge and learning of, of DEIJ. Um, and so I suppose in closing, for me, the question that I'd like to put to you both tonight is, um, does a concept curriculum potentially lend itself better to exploring those issues of student identity um, and social justice? Thank you so much. Really excited to hear what you all have to say. And uh, a big thank you to Lord for that contribution. So the question there is, can the concept curriculum perhaps open that world of um, developing those educational experience of democracy and social justice? And I'll open that up actually to all, to everyone in the group, and I'm sure Greg and both, both Greg and Lee will be keen to respond to that. 
Far away, Greg. Well, um, yeah, Laura, um, uh, I think she posed one question directly around um, uh, teaching around um, around the issues of social justice in PE. And um, yes, I'm an absolute advocate for that, but I'm, I'm going to put some provisos in here. Um, one, the reason we're doing that apart from our philosophical attach attachment for most people going into education do sort of want to make the world a bit better but you know whether we're authorized and and knowledgeable enough to do that is, is a huge question um but for me coming back to where i started social justice allows access to physical activity for people who have been traditionally been denied physical activity and that comes very much down to our policies our practice our pedagogy so inclusive pedagogy, I think we there's a huge amount of work to reframe and reimagine what it means to be good in PE. And interestingly, you know, this conversation and, and Lee's book still has that high ability phrase thrown in. And, you know, I, again, I, my question is, well, what does high ability mean there? Um, and it normally means most athletic kids. And that doesn't marry with kids who are making progress in other domains necessarily. It could do, but it doesn't necessarily. But the point that Laura addressed, do we teach it? And this was my proviso. I worry, and it maybe it's an unfounded uh, concern, that when we talk about teaching, we're talking, and this is why I questioned the uh, Acquire uh, Connect Transfer pedagogy, because it starts, it seems to start with the instruction or with the uh, teacher explaining the concept. And for me, you know, I'm a big fan of exploration before explanation and not necessarily within one lesson. So through, I think the, the key thing is when do we explore these things? When do we go there? Away from social justice, if you take skill and technique, for example, which of course, I think we all agree, you know, is probably presented and has been a malaise as Kirk describes the idea of the idea, PE sports technique. But, skill and technique development does have a place for some kids when they've got strong traction and affinity and identity with an activity. So when they want to know how to do it better, because we framed it as a problem-solving area, for me, I think we should only go there at the sort of right at the end of key stage three, early key stage four, when we talk about specific techniques for the kids whose why happens to be, I'm into performance sport. And there's many other kids whose needs need to be met, but I'm not throwing those out. They need to be there for those kids at that time if they're going to continue making progress and stay motivated. So, yeah, absolutely. It has to be there as a groundwork. But I'm not sure we teach it. We live it. We, we, we display it. We model it. We challenge it. That's so important. Now, what do you do? when the girls are getting those unwanted gazes from boys outside in the summer in the summer activity that's when we need to have conversations because that is pre presenting a severe obstacle to the kids who are victims of those unwanted gazes it's not for them to deal with that is for the boys to have to address etc so yeah it has to be lived i'm not sure it it can be worked through a curriculum in lots of different ways but it's more than quote unquote teaching. Sorry, I'm speaking far too much. I do apologize. Thank you, Greg. Uh, Lee, I'm not sure if you want to respond uh, on that particular point or not. 
Yeah, a lot of it I agree with Greg on that one. I, I think a, a slight contradiction, I guess, in the fact that I'm hearing on one hand, you know, social justice, we, we can deliver that. We're not quite sure how we, but that is something that we can deliver through a PE curriculum, but then there are other things that we can't, um, other concepts that we can't. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure if, if what I'm hearing is there are, you know, concept curriculum or conceptual learning in PE does have a place, but it just depends on what the concepts that are being delivered. And that's what I, I guess I'd like to clarify with Greg, if I might. Yeah, so in the presentation, I, I made a distinction from concepts that are needed in the subject. So there's loads of concepts that underpin activities. I said every movement starts with a concept that need, absolutely needs to be explored. And then those social justice concepts, if they're not strong, present, lived, um, understood by all, they're stopping physical activity. And that, for me, is our driver. That, that is our single goal. Um, no why, no, 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 you should be physically active because um, I think that's a journey that the young people should go on. I think by the time they leave school, they absolutely should be able to defend, articulate, express what they get from physical activity, how, why, and, and all the rest of it. So, so conceptual learning has a place within PE? I, I think, I, 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 yeah, sorry, if I, I thought that was like, I had to think three slides talking about no, so, so, what concepts should be there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so concept has a place within PE. So I'm just trying to, again, we agree with it on a lot. I'm just trying to find out the, the, the exact differences. So conceptual learning has an absolute place within PE. The difference is, um, the, the concepts you think that should be explored? Well, my, my criteria, if you like, would be, is it in our lane? Is it yeah. absolutely at the heart of our subject? That's why I say this conversation is about the soul of our subject. If, if we're doing something to support something else, I think it diminishes our status. I'm going to teach this. I'm not saying you've come at it like this, but for example, you know, if we use PE to, to improve exam results, you know, no, 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 that's not our role. Do you know what? To get good exam results, that's down to the, to the exam-based teachers to create really inclusive, brilliant experiences and lessons to motivate their students. Well, that's not our Can role. I, our role is around James? physical activity. I think I think this is good timing, Ronnie, because I, I really do want to open this up. And we've got brilliant minds in this call. Ronnie, Ronnie, go ahead. Well, well just just quickly, of course, this is fantastic, isn't it? We're all, we're all buzzing. Um, so thank you again, Greg and uh, Lee. It's, it, it's exactly the type of debate we should be having, isn't it? I don't know what other people are thinking around the room. It's, uh, as the debate goes on, the, I'm finally seeing more and more common ground. I'm also seeing truths at both. If there is polars here, I'm seeing truth at both polars. And, um, and actually, the, the disagreement is narrowing, isn't it? I think uh, Lee, I mean, I, I know he didn't say it as the, as the driver, but he's, he's never denied the fact that there is going to be some development of physical competence and uh, physical movement and, and confidence. And I think Greg has made great reference to the fact that if the core curriculum uh, is still based around physical movement and physical activity and, and, and developing high quality skills and confidence, that actually leads to and can in the right context lead to some, some development in some concepts. So I think, and, he, and both also um, challenge the or at least agreed that it's very difficult to, to claim around the transferable things. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm secondary and, and um, sort of had my early success in secondary and then in uh, performance sports. Um, of course, all I work now is in primary schools. And in primary schools, because same teacher, same group of staff with the same children, that transferable thing is a little bit easier. 
because sector that's really tough and i think both of you agree don't you that that actually that if you're really going to focus in on some i mean let's these are big hitters some of the things that lee's referring to isn't it really big hitters if we're going to contribute to those then that has to be a whole school thing i do agree that pe is uniquely placed but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna stop for now because hopefully i'll get another go later so let others come in but for me the, the debate has narrowed down to which which is the driver so which comes first and which bits do, and i think uh, i'm going to use your phrase greg because i did like it which is a which bits do we do we stay in lane and which bits are we comfortable to be very deliberately contributing towards the development of a person and, and their development through schools because schools have got some big big issues to deal with and i, and I do disagree with greg around the, the mental health contribution uh, natasha devon talks quite clearly about the peak of that being professional counsellors but actually all of us in particularly in schools have a responsibility to contribute towards that but i do have great uh, empathy and sympathy for greg's view that there should be still at the heart of what we do that's unique is our is is around core movement development isn't it and and, and developing physical skills and physical competence to go and want to and feel and both again both agreed on feelings i'll step away now james hopefully i get another go but um but I, I had great sympathy and, and I would also say I'm really persuaded by Lee that he does make it work. It is difficult, but I don't know if anyone else in the room, he, he came across as very believable to me that he is making this work. That's brilliant. Thank you, Ronnie. I really want to open things up with Vicky, Will and, uh, and, and Phil and just invite you to come in and, and to share your thoughts, folks. I don't mind going. Hi, Vicky. <laughs> I'd written, I'd written a couple of things earlier in preparation. Um, so I, you know, I, I, as, as most people uh, that have um, spoken already have said, I, I think that there are great points for both sides. And I think, I think, you know, we, we are all here because we want the young people that we, we work with to become physically active for life and, and want to enjoy physical activity and want to enjoy movement and get the most out of it that they can. Um, I, I really struggled with the Greg's point of maybe context isn't key because because I'm very much in agreement with Lee on this that context is key from like a social constructivist lens we all experience the world through our own unique experiences when we are planning a curricula for our schools alongside our departments is no different like the way I see my own school currently is totally different to how any of you will see your schools and the environment you work in you know I've I've worked not, not just as a teacher, but before I was teaching, I've worked across different schools. I'd be in like five, six different schools in a day working with really uh, disaffected young people. And, you know, each one I had to approach differently in a different way because it was the context was key. It, you know, I couldn't I couldn't do the same activities in one school. I couldn't speak the same way to the students in other schools. You know, I had to adapt constantly. So if context isn't key, then we're saying there's a one-size-fits-all approach. We know that isn't we know that isn't the case. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, I also love Laura's point, and, and, and I kind of knew what Laura was going to say already because we'd already had a little chat about it. So um, I was I got a bit of a heads up on that one. But um, I, I again, like I really enjoyed your talk with um, Dr. Srihan Lynch last week, uh, James, and when she talks about that idea of democracy in PE. You know, uh, people like researchers like Dylan Landy have spoken about PE being a hypernormative and heteronormative place. And I 100% agree with that. And if we continue to push and maintain this kind of traditional sports and games driven model, then PE will continue to be that heteronormative place. As a member of the LGBTQ community, I know personally from my own experiences, experiences with, with many of my friends that 
that PE wasn't a safe space for their mentors growing up. And for me, if changing to a concept-based curriculum can benefit just one student and one kid goes, actually, it's not so bad. I don't hate PE anymore. I don't hate the idea of movement. I don't hate the idea of being physically active because instead of how many passes can you do in a minute, we've said, okay, you're going to set a goal for today and your goal might be about an interpersonal skill and you might be, your aim is to communicate with your teammates four times during a game, something like that, for instance, right? And they do it and they achieve that. And at the end, they can say, I achieved my goal for today. I actually, I felt like I had success. I felt like I had enjoyment. And if that pushes them to want to be involved in the future and more things, then for me, that's success. And that's what, that's what that looks like. I will caveat that with, I think we need to be really careful with the, with the idea of life skills about which life skills and um, looking at some research from Rankinen in 2021. And um, this phrase stuck out life skills appear suspiciously like a colonialist project aimed at promoting Western individualism, neoliberalism and associated values. They offer little capacity for young people and athletes to think and act differently. So I think it, it comes down to what are these life skills? We've talked so much, we always talk about resilience for some reason. What, what are they and, and whose skills are they? Like who, who is it for us to say, these are the skills that you should and that you should you should be promoting and that you should have and that this will help you in your life you know so I, I think there's a lot to be said for for this concept based curriculum in terms of inclusivity uh but at the same time we have to be careful with with what kind of concepts we are addressing and the last thing I wanted to say was again it's anecdotal and it's qualitative and I like qualitative research because I like human experience um, looking at my most recent student voice feedback from a, a unit I did at the beginning of the year, I liked having some actual goals to aim for. I kept them in mind each lesson and I found that PE was more enjoyable this way. And for me, reading something like that, yeah, I had five comments saying I love playing basketball, I love playing handball, I love playing football. But reading a comment like that, I go, OK, that kid, we're on to something here. They've been able to set themselves a goal around a, commu of a communication skill, an interpersonal skill. And they've come away enjoying the experience and that's that's for me is a massive positive and address address um right away, the, the issues vicky um raised thank you very much vicky it's really nice to to meet you and put a sort of moving uh, face to your twitter handle and um so the issue on context apologies for any confusion there of course i think context is important when it comes to all the decision making that you described choice of activity the location the, the facilities available the cultural heritage or otherwise or we can have a chat about cult, um, um, diverse range of activities i think that's somewhat problematic but um and i'll come back to that in a second but yeah the, what what forms of curriculum the pedagogical approaches all of that of course it's context driven you know i worked in in london my whole teaching career and you know, being super student sensitive, student student centered, was well absolutely essential. That's connections and and you know really caring, um, you know not in a soppy way, but like genuinely caring and being in the uh, on the side of your students was you know what we try to do every day. I went to work there, so I'm not saying that's not important. I'm saying that to justify a very bold an extensive piece of work as Lee has put out as, well, it works for me in my context. 
I, I think it, I, I have problems with that because, you know, look at the title of the book, Moving Forward. You know, it is a way to move forward. There are lots of ways to move forward. There are lots of things to explore. Now, I, I, Ronnie was talking about me putting movement at the heart of it. Actually, I tried to say in my presentation, I put the heart at the heart of it. It's kids falling in love with physical activity. Now, movement competency might be a part of that. It might not. It could be loads of, you know, um, uh, in, in meaningful PE work, they talk about a transaction. The kid has to have a buy-in. And the, the last point I was to make um, on, on what Vicky said was, my, my critique, I suppose, actually comes, I, I'm not a traditionalist. I, you know, the, uh, Lee and I had a chat about what does it mean to stay in the lane. Stay in the lane it does not mean to keep it as it is. It means let's be really clear what our work is. I'm not advocating that there doesn't need to be change. I've advocated for 14 years in teacher education that we really need serious change. You know, I'm, I'm actually coming from a much more radical perspective than what Lee presents in his book. Um, you know, I, I did, you mentioned it in uh, the work of Nora Rokunen, who's, who's someone I've got the utmost respect for and had the pleasure to talk to a number of times. I think she's absolutely brilliant. Um, and, you know, she, she spoke about, I, I, I thought it might be a little bit not appropriate for this session, but, you know, I, I, what I was trying to say to, to Lee was that the concepts chosen were from a very neoliberal perspective, employability to get good jobs. You know, how do we decide the concepts that define a good life? I, I, I got serious problems, philosophical problems with that, that were beyond the scope of this, this conversation. But that's the perspective that I'm coming from, that it really is born out of that, um, you know. And, and the other thing there... Everyone believes, throwing... Greg, and everyone believes, Greg, genuinely believes with you around the feelings. I'll let others speak, but, but creating that positive relationship with physical activity uh, genuinely is the heart of everything. But I know that Lee made reference to that too, didn't he? I think that that's that's a common thing. And, and, and Vicky's, again, her, her motivation was around, again, creating a positive connection, wasn't it? A positive feeling for every child. So I'll come off again, James, because there's so many others to speak, but I would emphasize that we all are agreeing around the feelings thing. Thank you, Ronnie. Go on, I'll, um, I'll jump in there. So um, obviously I have to um, preempt anything that I say by making you all understand that I represent currently a very different region of the world uh, to the ones that you guys are coming from. Um, and actually Vic and I talk a lot. So quite a lot of the things that I would have said, Vic has, Vic has, has sort of alluded to. Um, and I know that the term context is uh, contentious. I know it can be contentious and it can be taken out of context itself. But it is, in my experience, as a Middle Eastern British international school PE teacher, absolutely key because the context in which I educate children is, is vastly different to the context that anybody else on this call or, or, or Laura uh, is teaching and we have very different demographics we have very different cultural aspects to consider you know when we're looking at things like social justice it's with a very unique uh mirror because we are in a completely different environment what i would say is that um in our experience here in 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 uh Alain in the uae um a, con a concept based curriculum has allowed us to engage with pupils in a slightly different way so whilst we have absolutely not moved away from um, having physical activity at the heart of everything we do what it's allowed us to do is to broaden those those 
contact points and those those little opportunities to give those sparks of enthusiasm to a wider range of pupils. You know, I came into this school four years ago and PE was effectively dead in the water. You know, the vast majority of my native pupils just did not engage with PE because the PE that they were experiencing had no cultural relevance to them whatsoever. You know, I, um, in the podcast last week, we, there was a conversation about um, not looking like your pupils. And we find that massively in, in, in this part of the world. That, you know, we don't look like the vast majority of our pupils. If we try and force our perceptions of what PE was that came from our experience of PE into that complete, completely different cultural uh, community, then we're always going to face a barrier to increased engagement. And concepts, adding concepts into our physically rich curriculum has just given us an opportunity to really engage with pupils in different ways, not alternative ways, but different ways to have different conversations. And actually, possibly most importantly in my context, to give pupils opportunities to have another, another developmental um, phase in things that are really relevant to them so you know we talk about diplomacy we talk about uh, negotiating skills we talk about how to get your point across communication those kind of those are our concepts because the type of pupils we're educating are going to need those skills you know I, I, possibly not going as far as things like mental health issues um, I, I have some um, I think I probably agree with Greg to a certain extent on that particular piece that um, I don't feel that we as, as in, international PE teachers are really qualified to go into that in too much depth. But we looked at the areas that really were going to give our students a broader opportunity to develop as, as young humans. Um, and that's what drove our engagement with concept curriculum. There's no questions in that. That's just, a, that's just my perspective. Yeah, if I could quickly say, you know, if you just take, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to really clarify what I'm saying. If you take that concept, if it is a concept of communication, probably what Nora would have called a, a, a skill, but let's just take communication. And you said, because they need that skill. So my question is, when do they need that skill? Now, in sport and physical activity, Many people, not all people, need to be able to communicate effectively to other people, whether that be for performance reasons or whether that be to be sensitive to the needs of other people and make people around them feel good. Absolutely great. But the evangelists in us say, if they can do it on a basketball court or a rugby field, they're great communicators away from there. And that's my issue. That's not our lane. And you know what? I've come across countless fantastic communicators on a rugby field who are the most sexist, misogynistic, homophobic people I've met. They don't communicate well to anybody apart from the blokes, and I use that word deliberately, who are like them. They're not great communicators, but they do need to learn how to communicate so that we have a positive environment. You know, if someone makes a mistake next to you, there's your communication, punch the air moment. You know, their kid said, head up next time we're going to smash it we're going to do it great you know that's great communication in context so from an ecological perspective 
know, all skills are so specific to the context that I just worry when we think that they could be carried here, there and everywhere, because I, I really don't think there's a lot of evidence that they can. I'm really mindful that we haven't involved Will so far, and Will, if it, you by no means feel you have to if, you, if you're happy listening, but I would really like to give you the opportunity. Um, Greg, the, those blokes you've just described, it sounds like they're good communicators, we're just not comfortable with what they're communicating. Uh, but that's not what I want to say. Um, but um, I guess I hear and agree with lots that both of you are saying. And the bit that I can paint a picture of is the, the typical lesson that Lee's describing. And I guess what has helped me is I was tasked with trying to spread personalised learning and thinking skills in the mid-2000s across a load of schools. My way to broach that was... I've got to figure out how it works in my lane, in my PE lessons first. And what I found was it made my PE lessons more meaningful, more valuable, more relevant, have more currency for some of the children that weren't mini-me's. So the kids that didn't connect with me found a way to connect in my lessons because of that other thing, whether it be communication skills or team working or being a self-manager or being a critical thinker, whatever it was, it gave them something, a hook, something to grab a hold of. So I, I can, I guess, see that in Lee's lessons and I can think back to how that was working for me and it worked when I spread it across the school. It became a cultural thing that helped get a number of schools out of special measures, I believe. But Greg, what I can't do is, and I love your app and I love the nudge that it does and I love the, the journaling and the feelings and the thinking, but I can't paint a picture of, you're telling me that, that PE needs to change, but I can't paint a picture of the, the typical lesson that you want it to look and feel like that is different to sport to sport technique, but also not in that changed lanes of concept. So can you paint that picture for me? Yeah, and I accept that, you know, I haven't, uh, and I absolutely accept, I haven't put it out there in a package, in a book, but I've spent, you know, I've worked with, over 14 years, I worked with uh, 340 trainee teachers. And over time, and I, I spent two years working with um, uh, over 600 teachers in India and developing exactly that. What do, what, what's my vision of a, a PE lesson? So I, I said in a presentation, I think thinking and moving have to go together. So some little tips that might give you a flavor. In 14 years in teacher education, I banned my trainees using the word drill. Why? Because there's an absence of thinking in there. There's nothing open. There's no exploration in there. And I worked up a curriculum, uh, a, 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 a lesson design that was our default. It wasn't prescribed, but it was a default. And the reason it was a default at the, is certainly for the first two thirds of teacher education year was that this is different to what you would have done as a kid and what you've come to teacher education thinking that PE is, skills, drills, games. Um, and it worked like this. Uh, and, it's, it, you know, it, I'm not claiming that this is radically new, but it's very, very different to what you're suggesting. It worked with, uh, so little language. So for example, like we didn't set learning outcomes that were around skills. So passing was about keeping possession, massively conceptualized. Um, what do you need to do to keep possession? So let's just run with that example, for example. Um, so first part of the act, first, this is the lesson, okay? 
um, short starter activity related to where it's going. Then we play a const constraints-led activity, and it should be an authentic activity that's got a key question underpinning it that has minimal teacher input. So it might be, how do we keep the ball in four versus four? And the, and the individual teams, each person on each team has a keeping track of how many times they're keeping the ball consecutive passing. This is a very basic model. This is applied to any activity. They're keeping the ball and they know that they've got maybe eight. But the key question is, what does your team need to display in order to keep the ball? We come in, we quickly discuss, we've got our success criteria, we need to move into space, we need to be deceptive, we need to do blah, 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 okay? We need to move the ball quickly. Loads of thinking, loads of concept that's very clear to the eye and evidenceable. Right, what was the hardest part of that? What did you struggle with? Inaccurate passing, Greg, not getting Greg away on, from on, my marker. Greg, I'm bursting here because I think you're describing a lesson that I'm convinced doesn't look much different to what Lee's described or what Will's described or the sort of thing that Vicky and Phil are doing in their lessons. I think, I think that we are talking around some. some but I haven't baked stuff. in. But I haven't baked in life skills. I haven't I baked in. I do, do recognise that. I do recognise that difference, Greg. I do. I but do. the success but, is. But, but the but, success but, is after we've practiced, sure. and then when we put it back, have you got more passes? No. Yes. High five. No. Great, because we can see stuff. Sure, but, that, the, that, but you that's see that the learning, William, that's that's assessment for learning, that's yeah, connecting de as progress. Definitely the process, but do you understand that the relevance of that doesn't sit up? So in my year 11 uh, report for my daughter, it said, uh, the second to bottom, it said, the PE one, it said, Molly now is hitting the ball flatter over the net in table tennis to make it more difficult for a partner to return it. And then the one underneath was history. And it said, Molly was comparing contrast in two different sources, debating it with yeah. her colleagues, and they're sharing and summarising that resource. I couldn't help thinking history was more important than PE when I saw that, re that report. Okay. And what we're doing is... But that's what, assessment of. That's no, assessment. Sure. But what you're that's describing not the lesson. is a really good lesson. So but really my assessment lesson. is baked into our app that we've done, yeah, sure. which is so just about the kids' relationship with physical activity, uh, uh, full uh, stop. Absolutely, absolutely. But what, but what Lee described, and I, I think what you're describing, and certainly Will did it really articulately in a very short space of time, but is that, is that actually that a good learning environment, uh, a good high-performance environment, is pretty much the same whether that's in a really responsible business or is a sport team approach or is in an education establishment like yours, Greg. And that'll be around people who are collaborating, people who are taking self-aware. Those rugby players you described as being homophobic, so trust me, they won't be high-quality rugby players, Greg. I don't believe that to be true because actually they wouldn't get the team chemistry oh. and that empathy and diversity and listening to others and growing it's, with us. There's internationals who are homophobic, wouldn't they? Well, I do accept that. I do accept that. But what, but what uh, for certain, but what I would say is that, is that, the, that we can if by creating the right environment. So I think we're still left with a debate, which I don't think we'll end tonight, and I'll finish now with, with what is the core purpose and the core driver. I still think we're left with that. But I know for certain with what Lee's describing and what others are describing as real high quality experience and lessons and environment, inclusive environment, is the environment that's required for those child to have accelerated learning, deeper learning, strengthened learning, and to create a, a, a sense of inclusion and, and a sense of belonging and a sense of relevance in what they're doing. 
And so I'm, I'm massively behind the, the, the feelings, massively behind um, the, the physical unique element being the core part of the curriculum. But the way in which it's been presented to, to children is so important. In this, and it would be in any high performance environment for learning to take place. And sure. therefore, it's not a choice between the two. It's actually both driving each other. It's not, um, Vicky used the word distraction. I think it's a great word. We, we're not being distracted away from it. We're actually enhancing the learning of those things by focusing on some of those concepts. And, yeah, and, uh, I, I really respect what on. you're saying, Bronnie. Just, uh, just, just to put it into context or to, to clarify for myself, Will wrote the foreword for Lee's book. Vicky reads everything that's going. Phil's working really closely. Have you had a chance to look through Lee's book? Are you asking that question to Ronnie? To Ronnie, yeah. No, sorry. All I've had is that I listened to the podcast that was linked in before we came here. So I have, and obviously listened to Lean Yourself Speak tonight, so yeah. no, I haven't, uh, Greg. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want in my lessons to go to Will's, Will's question. I, I want to capture the kids being brilliant, the kids making progress in any domain, moving their attitudinal domain or a thinking domain. So if a kid is moving into space better than they did earlier, and again, this goes back to, we spent ages talking about what you praise. And to be able to say, you're moving into space much better, you must have really been paying attention. You must have really practiced hard. That's massively away from, well done, you've got 30 catches in 10 seconds or whatever rubbish we used to come up That's, with. So that is praising I hope that answers the, your question. Will. But that is praising the behavior, Greg. So I think you've now, turned, honestly, you're still now saying that the, the concepts around around uh, our behaviors, around our resilience, around risk-taking, around taking, um, you know, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, because they're in, Again, they're just, embedded just, in the subject. Yeah, I, I, they're I, I, in physical activity. But that's the only debate. It's about whether it's bedded in, in our approach. Or, or whether, whether we go our, wide whether and we transfer. Outcomes. Is that the only... Lee, I said in the presentation, Lee talks about transferability 80, over 80 times. And I think that's a really dangerous road for the profession but, but, to go sorry, down. Sorry to jump in, but we're looking at this relevancy and we're looking at, uh, and um, Ash Casey looked at it and, and I've said about Stephanie Benny have looked at it. When students can see the learning that can um, be transferred to current or future context, that is what that is something that makes it meaningful. The lesson that you've just described, the only thing that is different is your students might be engaged in that 4v4, but in, in my context, they weren't. So by me saying we're going to look at communication today, um, go, I want you to do 4v4, and then we're going to connect that communication to that 4v4 uh, or four passes that you mentioned. The, the only difference in your lesson to my different uh, to my lesson is just that very slight, uh, um, you know, focus, if you like. And, and those teachable moments, I say to my staff, reward for attitude and progress not for performance and ability so it's those teachable moments it's finding that person that has made the progress it's finding that student that maybe hasn't made the progress yet but it hasn't given up it is changing those teachable moments and it is is so i honestly believe greg and i know i know maybe the life skills you don't give but, but what you've just described and what i am delivering and what i advocate are so so similar and maybe the context that I've gone with, the concept, sorry, that I've gone with in my school, because the students told me they wanted life lessons. So we've gone with employability. I work in a grammar school. So, I mean, ambition is, is 
always high university and I've worked in another state school where maybe I wouldn't have used those concepts because they wouldn't have got that relevancy they wouldn't have got that buy-in maybe social justice maybe definitely social justice should be something that is incorporated into a concept curriculum what I'm saying is in, in what I've written and and I have I'm not precious at all I say it in the book I say it in any training I've done whenever I help out other departments or lead presentations this is my concept curriculum I want to help you write yours and and it's very similar as I just mentioned there to, to what what you're uh what you're describing I'm going to um James I... oh sorry James just two oh, two things because I'm I'm quite conscious. I'm quite conscious that once once this is finished and is live, we're going to have an audience and people listening. And there were two really key things that were just said by uh, at least two different people that I just want to highlight um, for anybody that's listening, because I think it's really important. Um, first of all, uh, Ronnie and Greg both said that uh, what we're looking for, what we're really looking for, I'm um, paraphrasing, are opportunities to showcase or for pupils to showcase success in whatever that might be because and it's a little bit of a plug because it's something you know it's what my book is about but the more success that those pupils can can identify in themselves and can display the more motivation we're going to drive to continue to have those successful experiences so I think that's really important and then the second thing um, is that assessment doesn't always need to be the same as the content in the lesson. So you can be delivering a lesson just like the one that, that Greg just described, which is very, very similar to the type of lessons that, that, that we would adopt here. However, we could also be looking for successful leadership. We could be also looking for successful teamwork. And we don't necessarily need to be explicit about that in the lesson content, but we can be looking to identify that and then praising and rewarding the, those successes when they, they're achieved. Again, no question. I just thought that was important Thank to highlight. Thank you, Phil. It's, it's, it's a great contribution. And, guys, and folks, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw us together because we, I, I promise you all we will be out by 9 o'clock UK time. It's already 20 pack. That I, I genuinely believe we could go for another hour and a half here. It's, it's, I think it's about 1 o'clock in the morning for Phil, who's an absolute angel for staying up so late and not far off either over in Italy and we really appreciate it. and for all of us who are just merely in the UK it's getting towards half past nine in the evening and our families are probably in the other room wondering what the hell we're doing so I think it's really important we do that I am going to um, I'm going to hand over the last words to to Lee and to Greg just just to allow people who have listened and seen this just to just to be able to access their work and and sort of take potential next steps with them um, but I also want to say something that's both deeply professional, but also highly personal. I have sat back and listened and absorbed a conversation this evening that I damn wish was available to me 20 years ago when I was a trainee PE teacher and I could have consumed. And you, I don't know if you realize it's, I don't, honestly don't know how you feel going out of this conversation this evening, but I tell you right now, Lee, Greg, Phil, Ronnie, uh, Vic, Will, Laura, you have done an immensely impactful job, or I guess we can't be sure of the impact, we can't measure that, so I'll take that one back. You have delivered something immensely inspiring here tonight, 
and I really really thank you for it and I also want to make a couple of apologies specifically because uh, I really wanted to I've, I've had so many emails this week to put to you guys but to Chris Wade to Rachel Dathan Chris talked to me about IB in Saudi Arabia Rachel Dathan talked about the new Welsh curriculum and wanted me to raise it Aaron Davey wanted me to ask about whether uh, lessons had to be directed or whether they were just whether they could be sort of student-led Liam Grest posted a remarkable email Carl Broom from Sherborne School in Qatar posted an epic email to me and I really wanted to bring your points up this evening I haven't had the opportunity to do so we may need a part two yeah we may well need it but Martin and I have done next I've got some points that have been raised here in yeah the and, and we will find a way of the the pure chat that's been written here is valuable in itself and we'll post that too I'd like to um I'd like to switch back to Greg first and then Lee finally just to allow the opportunity uh to, to just to sum up anything you want clarifying but also to allow people uh, knowledge of where they can access you your work your thinking far, far yeah. away well first of all thanks to everyone and I, I do apologize uh, I feel like I've spoken far too much and um, if I have it's only because of um um well, I, I care hugely about what we're talking about. Um, huge respect again to everyone on the panel. I love, I love and your work. I followed it from afar or on social media, and huge respect to Leaf, as I say, for immense undertaking. Um, uh, as you said at the intro, I'm currently uh, I've been out of um, higher education and teacher education since last April, uh, where I'm now working on my move, and I believe Lee, we're, we're chatting about it tomorrow which I look forward to and that really ties in to what we're saying we, I, we delivered we, we developed my move um, born out of the themes that we've been exploring that teachers you know we've all agreed about this strong connectivity to physical activity yet we've never had a way of knowing if our kids that we're working with are active and I, I think that that was uh, well nothing short of bizarre so the notion of now casting knowing what the situation is now so that we could do better going forward is exactly why we've spent a huge amount of resourcing and time and effort in developing an app that equips people like those on the call and people who are listening to be able to gauge, to have a dashboard. And as I said to Lee, you know what, if, in, if we meet next year and, and he can show that what he's doing is really seriously turning the kids on to physical activity and their weekend physical activity is off the scale and is going up and all the rest of it, I absolutely take my hat off to Lee and any other teacher in our profession who is giving the kids that wonderful gift of that love for physical activity. So thank you to everyone who listened to it. Thank you for everyone on the panel. Um, thank you. Well done, Greg. Over to you, uh, over to you, Lee. Yeah, you know, I, I echo Greg's thoughts there. Thanks to everybody on the panel. Thanks for everybody on Twitter that's engaged. I've, I've had since the book come out and I knew it would be controversial. Um, and I, I can, as a, as a head of PE, I can write about my experience, I can research, I can evidence as, as much, but I do um, appreciate the thoughts and the feedbacks around it and the, the conversations that it started. And I think at the very, the very least, you know, whatever your approach is, whatever you decide to do with regards to delivering those positive and meaningful experiences, I, I welcome it. I really welcome what well, I think we're heads of PE are in this kind of situation where we're just bored of waiting. We're bored of sitting down and seeing nothing happening. And so there's so many, so, especially on Twitter, there's so many outstanding PE teachers and leaders that are now saying enough, enough of the, the 
lack of impact or doing more harm than good. Let's try and change it. And that that was where the concept curriculum came from. Um, and you know, don't don't listen to Greg's review on Amazon. It, it's, uh, it's 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 not a true reflective of the of the book. It does uh, look a lot about assessment, about pedagogy, about inclusive pedagogy. And I also talk about this idea of personality pathway, which I genuinely believe and share the contributions of so many. So um, even if the the concept curriculum isn't for you, there is loads in that book that hopefully will be. But I, I do believe in the concept curriculum and. and um, I do believe that the idea that um, whatever the concepts that you believe, and we'll talk about the who, I do believe if you know your why, if you know your purpose in your school or why P exists, and you try and realise that, that's hugely important for every single department. I, I want to leave with a couple of questions, if, if I may. Um, so I, I just for those listening, I guess the things that I want you to consider is, is your PE curriculum meeting your personal why? If it's not, then something needs to change. Is your current PE curriculum meeting your department's intent? Is it nurturing? Is it genuinely nurturing physical literacy? Is it doing what my move is trying to, to find? You know, Is it genuinely changing those emotions? Are those students engaging in physical activity, not just in PE because they have to, but outside because they want to? Um, does it does it prepare students for life or, or to, to be more specific to what Greg I know cares more about and I care as much about, does it um, prepare them for an active life and will, will it transform them into, you know, physically active adults and, and um, lifelong, lifelong movers? Uh, if the answer to any of those is no, then it, it needs to change. And it's really worth exploring what that change is. And I'm happy to engage with anybody on Twitter. We have a concept curriculum um, community on Twitter. Just drop me a message and I'll add you into it. And uh, uh, Lee underscore Sullivan 85 is my Twitter handle. So I, I welcome um, uh, any conversation. And the concept curriculum already tonight will evolve and it should always evolve. And everything we're delivering will always evolve. Just because I'm, I'm teaching employability now, it might not be relevant in two years' time or, or whatever it is. And, and, and I welcome those conversations as well. So thank you, everybody. And uh, yeah, to the future of PE. Well done. Well said, Lee, and a great way to summarise. Um, I'm deeply proud to be a PE teacher this evening to one and all who have taken part in this. My, my heartfelt respect and thanks and sincerest, sincerest gratitude for just for the time, the thought, the it, it means so much. Well done, everyone.